An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. But I'm better than you. And you know it. D-M-D. Acknowledge me. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm tired and I work with children. Well, ding dong, hello. Embrace the vision. And we want the smoke. Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide. A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And with me, as always, are my tag team partners, senior editor at TheRinger.com, Cal Davenport, and of course, the super producer here at the ringer mr brian h waters guys are we are we fully recovered from revolution i was gonna ask you that i was sitting in this chair sunday night well i guess monday morning like half sleep waiting for the scrum what like what were you doing after the show like you must have been like well rested like you was gonna go get some food or something a a couple things to admit here uh i had a really old man moment over the weekend and I throw out my back. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. I oh, wow. really on Saturday, uh, really. And my wife wasn't home. It was just me and my son. Uh, my wife had my daughter out. So it was one of those moments. So Saturday, throw out my back just completely. Couldn't move. Uh, it was a real struggle. Sun, I was like, I'll be back by Sunday because I got to go to Revolution. It was here in the Bay Area. It was at the Chase Center. Mm-hmm. Woke up Sunday morning, arguably worse than it was the day before. There's nothing more humbling than having to email uh, your AEW contact to be like, I can't make it because I can't move. Right. <laughs> so I watched from the comfort of my couch, uh, just like you guys, and uh, was a little sad. Had a, a serious case of FOMO just watching it because I was like, I, I could literally be in the building. You were just and there. I was so I was at Dynamite, uh, you know, last week on, mm-hmm. on Wednesday uh, at the Cow Palace. So, you know, it was, it was a little, it was a little appetizer for what would be revolution. And I was like, I got a little taste. Great. This Sunday's going to be awesome. And then, uh, mother nature and fate decided to step in and say, actually, you're going to stay home. 
<laughs> sit down. Sit down, that, Ben. Literally, sit down. Uh, <laughs> and lay down. And that's all I did. So oh, uh, man. it was a it was a it was a bummer. But also, good show. Great show. Good so show. it wasn't, you know, I wasn't I wasn't too bummed, but uh, also, my, my wife wasn't too bummed to know that I wasn't at my second pro wrestling show live for the, you know, that week. But understandable. Anyway, let's kick things <laughs> off the right way. Let's let's steer things in a positive direction here, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. High... I apologize. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, making me li- re- relive some trauma there. It was great. <laughs> uh, let's re- kick things off with some high spot headlines. And you know the deal. We're going to read out some of the biggest headlines of the week. And whoever wants to tag in and let it fly, let it fly. First up, fresh off the presses, Bad Bunny is hosting Backlash in Puerto Rico. You guys, one of the best celebrity wrestlers of all time. The official host of Backlash in Puerto Rico. I guess MJF made comments about already having a Hall of Fame career. Like right now, Bad Bunny, this is the first event for WWE in Puerto Rico, I think it says since 2005. Like he may already, his seat in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame, it should be solidified. His Puma should be sitting right there. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's huge. (laughs) That's huge. Restoring the credibility of Backlash. This is the first year in two that is not going to be named WrestleMania Backlash. And yeah. a lot of people hated that. But what my understanding and interpretation was, for people who were new to Peacock um, and new to wrestling through Peacock, I should say, you had to make it make sense. You called it WrestleMania Backlash, so they would understand that it's the fallout from WrestleMania. But to put this show in Puerto Rico with Bad Bunny hosting, I mean, Incredible. I believe it was at the Survivor Series presser. Uh, shout out to the homie Issa had asked mm. Triple H about a pay-per-view in Puerto Rico. Mm. Yeah. And now we're yeah. going to get it. And and Bad Bunny's the guy. Like, I don't know none of his music, but I'm a fan. <laughs> just right. because he loves pro wrestling like I do. And the willingness for him to go out there and put his body on the line and the work that he's doing. Sign me up. Ben, Cal, can we go? You want to go to Puerto Rico? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Say less. I will write a piece about my time in Puerto Rico going to, what was it, El Calicico? <laughs> well, I forget how they what, 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 what it was called, but I, I want to go. When I saw it, I was like, I would want to go to this event ASAP. And I, again, I, I don't know, not one Bad Bunny song, but do your thing. Do you, For mm-hmm. real, do your thing for your people. Bring your passion back to your home. All that. I love it. I love it. Leading up to Backlash, I will be firing up a Bad Bunny playlist to make myself more familiar with uh, with with the man's work. It's 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 kind of like the uh, I feel like around that time where it's gonna be like that Shaq meme where uh, it's, <laughs> I wasn't familiar with your work. And I'm sorry that he's apologizing. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm ready to I'm ready to fire that up around Backlash time. At, dude, Bad Bunny is be. I mean, to your point, Cal, of him being a, you know a WWE celebrity hall of famer. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be a character in 2k 23, right? You know, like a playable character. And he's, it's been a while since I've seen someone so beloved. Who's kind of entered this world from the outside. Right. I mean, Logan Paul is, is he's, I feel like he's very divisive at this point. So either you, mm-hmm. you love what he's doing or you kind of just, you treat him or you look at him as kind of one of those outsiders. Bad bunny. Just, I, 
approval rating through the roof. Well, I, uh, it, so. I, I think it's one of those things where you can tell that it's real. Like, you know, I don't yeah. want to say, yeah. you know, gauge the, the actual love that celebrities have for pro wrestling when they enter. But at the very least, as someone who's spent the majority of my life being a fan of this, you can tell that Bad Bunny is as big a fan, if not more, than a lot of the people that are out there. So, uh, and and is him being able to be that big of a star in a totally different lane and say, "I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put these Adidas wrestling boots on. I'm gonna go out there and do my thing, and then I'm gonna make sure that when when I'm after it, because I, I don't remember what the figures was, but his last tour was was tremendous, you know, in terms of box office. After I'm that level of star to go back. And say, nah, let's 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 bring the WWE outside of uh, the states once again to my hometown. Um, it's 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 a beautiful thing. I don't know, I, n- nothing. I, I can't. I, it, it's hard to not put Bad Bunny over for something like this. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. My favorite part of this Variety article that talks about this, by the way, is in 2022 he appeared at the Royal Rumble as a contender, advancing past noted wrestlers Sheamus and wait for it. Dolph Ziggler to make the final five. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler getting some love in variety. Uh, it's it's shout out shout out not, Dolph. Not, you, not your regular pro wrestling user. publication. There are no ringer.com. No disrespect. They <laughs> they they definitely just picked a, a name that he that he survived longer than in the Rumble and they landed on <laughs> Dolph on Dolph Ziggler. M- mad respect. Next up on High Spot headlines, Rikishi wants to get involved. And the bloodline storyline. Ooh. The, uh, I mean, the Usos, actual father. I At this point, I want to get involved in the bloodline storyline. <laughs> but I think it's, if you're going to do it, why not? You know what I mean? It's, 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 he's still been, he's, he's done enough in terms of that type of stuff playing with, you know, family, you know, in storylines in the past. But I think uh, he's also made sure that if they call on him for an old school Raw or something like that, he'll come back. So it makes sense. And it, it, it it's a direct lineage. We're not talking a distant uncle or somebody's cousin or anything like that. Like, no, that's their daddy. And, you know, and, and at some point, somebody's OG has to step up and say, hey, what are you doing? Or what, why are you over here? What do you, it make, it, it all makes perfect sense. You just got to figure out, do you, do you need to slot a Rikishi in there as well? And for how long? I like it. Um, even though we saw Jay and Jimmy essentially come back together last week, we still don't know what Jay's thoughts is with Roman Reigns. And that's the beautiful thing about this. So, you can still bring Rikishi in. You can still have him, even if he's giving a pep talk. Uh, there's so many ways, especially, I mean, you know, we also saw Alpha and Sika give Roman, you know, they anointed him. Yep. Rikishi yep. can do that with his sons. Yep. You know, and maybe he can even tell Roman, like, look, ease up. It's so many different ways. I'm for it. I, I love the Anawai family, so give me more. It's a bunch of them. Give me more. I'm just waiting for Jacob Fatu to make his way. No facts. <laughs> facts. I mean, I think it would be an interesting way to not only solidify the kind of familial relationship that they have with the bloodline, but also potentially increase uh, the tension a little bit, right? Oh. Where Rikishi and and Roman could have some tension, which then would put more tension on Roman's relationship with the Usos, which has been a little strained. Uh, over the over the next or last couple of weeks, I should say. So it's I'm with it, man. I mean, he's 
when you think about it, he's kind of the one of the OGs in terms of like doing things for your family, right? He he did it for the Rock. He did remember it for that. The rock. <laughs> Always remember that Rikishi did it for the Rock. He did it first. And you could you could do a situation where on SmackDown, the, the, you you walk into a room like the Usos are going to Roman's dressing room, open the door. Hey, Big Ush, you wanted to see us? Rikishi standing there. They're mid conversation. That's immediately. And you could, cause you could do a lot. You could have Rikishi being like, look, you better, you better, that's a champ. You know what I mean? You could play it up like however you want it. And then when Roman, Roman leaves, there's another conversation. Again, there, there's so many different layers to the bloodline story or, or what I like to call the, 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 the best piece of episodic television over the last two, two plus years. Um, and I'm not, that is not hyperbole. That is big facts. <laughs> Debate somebody else if you want, but, uh, there's so many different layers to that story. And it's very easy for a seasoned vet like Rikishi to hop right in and, and, and start dancing with the rest of them. I mean, they brought back Lita and Trish in in a way that I think is is making sense yeah. uh, on this on this road to WrestleMania and their involvement in actual Mania itself. I, I don't know if they're actually going to get Rikishi involved here in the next couple of weeks, and who knows what this Bloodline storyline looks like after WrestleMania. Especially, I texted you guys this yesterday. If you look at the uh, the betting odds mm-hmm. for 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 WrestleMania thirty nine. If you're a degenerate gambler and like to bet on on wrestling, uh, Cody Rhodes pretty favored right now. Looking really to, good so far. Be, he's like minus five hundred to beat Roman at WrestleMania. So who knows where the bloodline storyline goes from there? But if things go as Mister Brian H. Waters wants, and this thing keeps going, inject mm. the little Rikishi in there. Yes. I think we could. Uh, it could really spice things up. I'm, I'm all for that. Last one. Here on High Spot Headlines, <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon showed up to Raw with a, quote, creepy little mustache. Uh, Yuck. My guy was looking like Gomez Adams out there, apparently. I, I, I hated whatever that photo is on my timeline. I hate it. I, 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 mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the bigger picture is uh, the conversation around not just Vince being there, because I imagine he's been there more than we realize, but how much, how deep are his tendrils in uh, the day-to-day product? Because it, 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 it feels like it could be more than uh, what, what people may have thought it was originally. Yeah. I love the internet. They get so creative. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they, do. they do. Um, I, I still want to believe that Vinnie Mac doesn't have much to do with what's going on on the creative side. I'm liking WWE right now. It's 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 been real good to me. You know, it was before it was like, oh, it was good, you know, it's what I usually eat, you know, but it was went from a regular steak to some seasoned steak with some vegetables. And I want to keep it like that. Indeed. I mean, he was the big part of this that came out too was that he was in Gorilla. Right. And and that's where people kind of raised an eyebrow in a non-rock way. <laughs> <laughs> Where it was, well, you know, and, and there's a report from from Dave Meltzer that, you know, he's a little bit more involved, as you alluded to, Cal, mm-hmm. than, than people are letting on. I mean, has, has in the last couple of weeks, has there been a moment for each for either of you or each of you where you've thought that felt very Vincean, you know, that felt very like a like a Vince E move? Well, according I, to Dip, there was uh, Omos and Brock Lesnar. That's that probably the bill. 
I mean, at a, at a certain point, uh, Omos, the guy who was getting a big push before Vince, you know, went away, getting literally a match with Brock Lesnar. I mean, that, but that may be the one. Like, I don't know, you know, I, anything with the bloodline, it doesn't really feel like, you know, it's been too off of what the storyline's been in general. Um, maybe, I do you think Charlotte Flair coming back and getting the, if you wanted to say her coming back and winning the title mm. and then getting into the Rhea Ripley story, if you wanted to say something like that, I could say maybe going back to that storyline could, could give you something. But uh, I, they're also just, you know, Rhea particularly has been a beast in the time, especially over the last six months. So it's tough. It's really tough to say. And I, I am not someone who claims to know anything about that stuff. Do you think the Omas thing though is more or was more if you, believe the reports that are out there that Brock didn't necessarily want to work with Bray. Cause so Bray, obviously Bray and Lashley are headed towards a program with each other at mania. And I think the initial pitch was Bray Brock and Brock said, no. Right. So I, I mean, look, Seth- I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to defend Omos Brock. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm just trying to th- figure this out, like piece it together. And it does feel like a Vince match, but, I, I guess the question is why why would Lesnar have said no to Bray? He didn't want to be a part of like the spooky mysticism type stuff or I guess I think there's this aura around working with Brock that or sorry, with Bray that if you do it it doesn't really you don't come out of it well on the other side. I mean Seth in, in the nicest way possible kind of mentioned that when yeah. he worked with the fiend uh you know for that the was title. Rough. It was rough. And you know, Seth had a point. So I, I don't know if Brock is feeling or was feeling that same type of way. That being said, I mean, I would have I would have been all in <laughs> on Bray Brock. That would have uh, that, that piqued my interest. I mean, there may, I think uh, Bray and Lashley are doing their thing right now and they're kind of making it work. But Brock Bray would have been I'm not a big Brock guy. I would have been bought in. I, for, for all my hip hop lovers out there, I'm going to assume that uh like Bobby Lashley was recently, maybe Brock is scared to get put up on that Summer Jam screen. I mean, there's, there's a lot that <laughs> there's a lot that Bray Wyatt could go through with the Brock Lesnar history, and uh, j- just like you know, hitting or missing moonsaults off the top rope at WrestleMania alone. Like, there's there's a lot of ways he could play the Cowboy. You know, there's uh, there's a lot there. It's just uh, maybe Brock said, "I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm let good. me let me just fight somebody for a little bit." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean that'll be a that'll be a shorter match, <laughs> Brock and Omos at Mania. Indeed. If it if it surpasses five minutes, I will uh I will, I will be very very surprised. What? There it is. You heard the drop. It's time for they said what? So the three of us have listened to the Masked Man Show and Cheap Heat as I'm sure all of you fine listeners have as well, because, well, you're already subscribed to this wonderful feed here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. But we get to do something I'm sure you all wish you could do from time to time, and we're going to respond to a take dropped by the likes of the legendary David Shoemaker, Kaz, Peter Rosenberg, or Stack Guy Greg. And for today's edition, they said what? We're going at the authority of the Ringer Wrestling Show, the masked man himself, David Shoemaker. Brian, play the clip. This might be 
in a vacuum the best storyline in professional wrestling right now. And the, you know, if this is the ending that we just got, it was beautifully told. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the bloodline storyline is probably the top one, but, but I mean, this is a really epic story, man. I mean, this, they've done really good character work and whatever. I, I think my only complaint about it, and I think the reason why it doesn't, I don't think of it in the same terms is that it's so siloed off that it feels like it's not a piece of everything else. Okay. Mox Hangman. I have some thoughts. I wanna, I'm going to throw it to you guys first. What, what are your thoughts on what Dave said here? Brian Ace Waters, is, is this a better storyline than the bloodline? And if it's not, how close of it is a, a good storyline to the bloodline? So I guess this is the part where I sort of defend being that I was producing that show. Uh-huh. He definitely he alluded to the fact that the bloodline is the number one story for obvious reasons. But this is more so, if anything, equal. But still, I don't know. I'm not big on Hangman and Moxley. And one of the things Dave said was that it was siloed. It was far away from everything else. It just Mm -hmm. felt like, it felt like even though it was a part of AEW, it just felt very non-sanctioned-esque. Like it was in its own bubble. But even then, I guess because I probably had checked out a while ago on it. So... I couldn't en- not, not say I couldn't enjoy it, but it just it didn't hit with me. It's like, okay, I know what's going to happen. They're going to go out there. They're going to beat each other up. But longevity, I mean, they've been fighting, fighting for a while. You know, you go back to when Moxley knocked Paige out, and you go back to you know this recent match, and you know you're going to get a feud. You know you're going to get some blood. You know you're going to get you know something that feels real, but. Mm, I, I like I like damage control. <laughs> oh, here we go. I, I, <laughs> Get spicy I, with it. I, 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 I do agree. I think the idea of damage control because damage control this whole time has kind of just been that, and that's since what SummerSlam. It's been a, mm-hmm. it's been a, a, a mm-hmm. one track focus. Um, I think in turn, the idea of this being siloed is important. I think because, uh, like you said, it it started with I had to do a little research. It started this is back in October when a uh, hangman pays got knocked out. I'm going to assume that if that hadn't happened, they would have been fighting the entire time. But once Paige came back and even before, and I think those are the things that were cool. It'd be like Moxley and Claudio there. They were in the midst of like wrestling as a tag team for a bit, but Moxley's promo was, and if hangman Page is around, when I see you, I'm going to see you. Like, it was just some, like, on-site type stuff. And when Paige was finally, like, I think there was one promo where uh, they were talking and they're like, yeah, something, something, something. John Moxley later, they're like, uh, Paige's like, oh, Moxley's here? And, like, left the, like, they're, it's really interesting how they're building that. They've been trading wins. I think they're currently 2-2 ever since uh, uh, Moxley knocked out Paige um, in, in that first, in that world title match. And uh, the way that Page one that match at Revolution. This ain't over. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting to see him be able to get like because it could have been a, a, a number of different wins. I was not expecting a choke out like that for 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 the end of that match. So uh, I'm, I'm not saying fight forever because this could end ugly. <laughs> but you know, I think if, if Bloodlines number one, low key, this is this is like a top five storyline if you're paying attention. If you're still if you're still tapped in. And that's the thing, you know, before Ben goes, I'm just saying, like, as far as for my liking, you know right. what I mean? Um, right. I like what, and I think for me, when I bring up damage control, it's because of this recent shift 
bringing right. back the women's legends. Mm-hmm. So that's what's got me intrigued. Where the Page Moxley, when you break it down, it makes sense. You know, wait, he's over here. Wait, he's over there. So it's it's a constant. It's kind of like we don't see that too often in wrestling. It's usually when one wrestler focuses on somebody else, then that's who they're focused on. So I can understand that. My view of this was got a little tainted when I went to Dynamite last week because mm-hmm. this feud has been for me from my personal perspective and just my taste, it hasn't exactly been my my cup of tea. And like this is coming from someone who I stand for John Moxley. Like okay. I, I love John Moxley, love Dean Ambrose, love, love I love all of it. Jonathan Good. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> but I don't there's and it might be that I feel like the the feud has almost been a little one-sided in that Mox is kind of dominated, especially from like the promo perspective, right? So mm-hmm. cut to Cow Palace Dynamite. We're in the crowd and, and Moxley's promo runs, right? The He's in the stair, stairwell. He's bleeding <laughs> profusely yeah. during, during the promo, which by the way, can we get my guy a Band-Aid like before he cuts <laughs> his promo? But it's fine. That's neither here nor there. I'm not a medical professional. He cuts his promo. It's great, right? Crowd goes nuts. Uh, it in the building. Show keeps going. Cut to Hangman's promo, which pops up later, right? And it, it kind of fell flat with that crowd, mm. it, and it just it just kind of felt flat in general. Like I don't know how it played on TV versus how it was in the building, and I kind of had this while I was in there. I kind of had this aha moment almost where it was. How much do I like this feud? Because yeah. I, I was I've been into it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of in this buildup and this lead in going into revolution. But and, and maybe that's not fair. A- admittedly, maybe I again I, I'm just kind of I was affected by everyone else's reaction, like kind of around me, where it was almost a non-reaction, which is in wrestling the opposite of what you want. You want to be on one end of the spectrum or the other. So I, that, and that's the that's one of the reasons I can't even put it anywhere close to what the bloodline has going on. I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, obviously those two guys can go or so from a wrestling standpoint, obviously those two guys can go. Like there's there's no there's no dismissing that. From an entertainment standpoint, I don't know if I'm fully I'm fully there. Like I, this this may be sacrilege Kind of more interested to see when this Dom Ray Ray Mysterio thing comes to no, a that's head. That's a feud. <laughs> no, that and and that's and I, and I will say that if 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 you want to talk about good storylines that aren't a bloodline, because I think one of the big things with uh, Mox and Page, it is uh, there's no titles, there's nothing at stake. It's kind of just like two guys. They don't really like each other, and they're just anytime they see each other, they're going to fight. That's an old that that that's how it was when I was growing up. Like they right. just had these feuds, especially when it wasn't for a title or anything. That's I don't want to say it's rare, but like you only get to see the sit like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just beefing like that outside of an actual storyline. We don't normally get to just see that. They'll do it in the ring when it's time to wrestle, but there's so much wrapped up in it now. Um and it, it prob I don't want to say it hinders because I mean it, it it's Moxley is a star Page is, you know, uh, he, he's getting there. He's one of the, you know, one of the big deals over there in AEW, especially for their future. But uh, without some type of stakes, it can get pushed back really quickly. Like, again, if it wasn't a Texas death match on Sunday, 
if it was kind of just another bout on that card, it may have been, you know, knocked even a little bit lower just in terms of, you know, relevance for most people. Where do you guys stand on, on Paige in general? Are, are we pro Hangman Adam Page or are we are we just kind of are we neutral? Which again, not great. OK, <laughs> he's there. You know, I was at one point. I didn't really care for him as world champion. I always, I guess I've just wanted more from him. And, you know, his fans would come at me. I'm like, he's boring. You know, I understood why he had to be the guy. And it makes sense. I'm happy for him. It's cool to see an AEW original. But to me, he was boring. Yeah. He looks like the guy. And I think he wrestles and and, and moves like the guy. A couple of uh, bangers with uh, Brian Danielson. That was the best of that few uh, of that that championship run. I don't mm-hmm. think that that what they did for him did any did him any favors. And he he it wasn't like Paige was having bad matches during his championship run. It was just the fact that none of it really felt like the main event of the show. It always felt like second before the end of the show, something like right. that. So, uh, you know, I, but he's he feels like one of those guys who, as long as he's able to stay healthy and they're able to keep him growing as a pro wrestler. He should be one of those, you know, main event guys for the company for, you know, the the, the next couple of years. You know, again, assuming that all the chips fall in the right place. Yeah, I mean, I remember when they were deciding who the first AEW champion was going to be. It was him or Jericho, right? In that in that match and I was a staunch supporter of put the title on Hangman right away. Like if we're going to make the if AEW was going to make their own lane here, Make it an original, right? Don't give it to Jericho because, you know, he's there in some ways people are probably still looking at him as like a WWE guy. And in retrospect, they couldn't have made a better call yeah. uh, to kind of give Jericho that title and AW as a whole that legitimacy that they needed up front. And, you know, I think Hangman has gotten better since then. I think the allure of Hangman has kind of faded just, just, this, just a, just a small bit, especially because, and Brian, you mentioned this. I mean, his his championship run was, I don't know, it was, it felt very Braun Breakery to me. Oof. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know, I, find, I know exactly what you mean, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I will find any any moment to uh, to throw some shade at Braun Breaker's title run. All right, uh, but before we uh, we we catch any more flack from the uh, the AEW stands out there, let's let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. 
You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. And we are back. It is now time to welcome to Wednesday Worldwide a very special guest. He is a ringer.com scribe as well as the author of Bohemian Rhapsody, a book about the history of professional wrestling in the Bahamas and the co-author of several fantastic, fantastic pro wrestling autobiographies. He also has the best Twitter profile picture of anyone in this recording. (laughs) He is Ian Douglas. Ian Welcome to Wednesday Worldwide. How are you doing today? Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing wonderful. It's good to hear. Awesome, awesome. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and, and the reason we're having you on is because you wrote a a fantastic piece for the Ringer.com last week uh, on March 2nd, actually, titled The Bahamas Wrestling Association, Black Wrestling and the Birth of a Nation. And in, in the piece, you mentioned specifically that the the BWA it, it represents a, a a brief and rarely mentioned moment in wrestling history where a grassroots pro wrestling organization created by the people of the people and for the people rose up and did its best to to fill a bo- to fill a void. I'm kind of paraphrasing there. Um, and in writing this piece and kind of looking at that that section specifically. In your opinion, how did the BWA influence the, the the current wrestling scene that we are looking at here in in 2023? I don't know. I'm 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 being quite honest. I don't know to what extent it influenced it at all. If I'm mm, okay. perfectly honest, um, when to say that it is little mentioned is a bit overblown. It's entirely unmentioned to the extent that there are many Bahamians living in the Bahamas who, to this day who don't even know that it existed at all, unfortunately. In fact, when I opened the piece and I interviewed Omar Amir, who's a, a tremendous right. up-and-coming wrestler, multi-time OVW heavyweight champion, he had no idea that there had been a grassroots Bahamian wrestling organization in the 1970s. He hadn't heard a hint of, of anything related to this. Now, I can tell you in, in terms of influencing the local landscape of the Bahamas and what the expectation was, after the BWA, they expected Black wrestlers to be in positions of prominence. 
Mm-hmm. Now, prior to this, when the NWA ran in the Bahamas, it was okay to put Sailor Art Thomas or Dorel Dixon. It was okay to put them on the promotional advertisement for the show, but they weren't truly featured performers. Um, and what was happening in the Bahamas, it might have been a one-off show, but it wasn't a reflection of what was going on in Florida to the extent that these guys were walking away with championships on the back end. But once Eddie Graham and Dory Funk Jr. brought wrestling back to the Bahamas in a, a true sense in 1981, now you had guys like Butch Reed and Sweet Brown Sugar who were featured prominently to such a degree that it became understood by everyone that followed. You need a black wrestler in a position of prominent sniffing championship gold, or you really don't even have a show. Indeed. Indeed. I actually, I, I like that you bring up the fact Ian, that uh, it was, it was how little known, you know, the BWA was because it, it made it while we're doing the piece. And actually, uh, it's funny, you know, the, the process of getting a piece, you know, to its final state. Um, a lot of that is this may have been one of the most uh, uh, info intensive just because of the fact that, you know, there, there there's so little information about this out there. But um, talk about I mean, you, you wrote a book, you're writing a book about the history of pro wrestling in the Bahamas. Exactly. Uh, it was with, at what like. I want I want to know about your process in terms of research, but I want to know, hinting talking about that, where in the process of writing the book did you find like the first piece of information on the BWA? Was it a flyer? Was it a photo? Like, talk about how that actually came up in in regards to your research. That um, <laughs> I remember it well because I was I was just poking around. I was poking around online. And I was preparing to go to the gym in, in our apartment complex here in lovely downtown Durham. I, 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 had, I got the Under Armour on. I was all set to go. I was poking around. And I found a Nassau Tribune article uh, that the University of Florida made available from its archives. I found a Nassau Tribune article. And it was a, a promo for for uh, the sensational Bahamian grappler and, and Iron Man destroyer. And, and one of the pieces from, I think, 74, mm-hmm. it was probably 74. And to, to say that that blew my mind was an understatement. Now, mm-hmm. the funny thing is, when I, was, when I was a kid in Detroit and my uncles from the Bahamas would come visit, my um my uncle Anthony Capron was the editor in chief of the Nassau Guardian for a while. He was also a sports reporter, and when he found out I was a wrestling fan, he was a sports reporter prior, and he was mm-hmm. telling me um, anecdotes about events that he'd been to where Bahamians were coming out of the crowd and they were bringing chairs, and oh, wow. some some woman was upset that her that someone pulled a chair out on her son who was wrestling and so she grabbed a chair and got involved and i'm thinking like this this is ridiculous i've never heard of wrestling (laughs) in the bahamas but like then again what did i know i was 12 i didn't know anything about anything right but but to to find this and to have it lend credence to what he was talking about Mm -hmm. i don't know that i made it to the gym for another four hours that evening because (laughs) i so i mean 
my wife said, okay, I'll meet you in the gym. Suddenly I'm not leaving. My wife leaves. My wife's in the gym for an hour and a half. My wife comes back from the gym. I'm still reading this stuff, but yeah, I just, I just poured over the material and it completely changed my conception of what this book needed to be when it eventually got released. Mm, I like wow. that. I like that. And so I'm reading the piece, I um, came across the name Sweet Brown Sugar. And, I, you know, I saw a pair with Butch Reed and you talked about how they became popular with the Nassau Stadium audiences. What's something that you think this generation would learn about Sweet Brown Sugar? We hear about Butch Reed um, and, you know, even hearing about Sweet Daddy CQ through mm-hmm. his um, edge brings him up all the time. But what's something that people would learn about and that would stand out that you think this audience could connect with when it comes to Sweet Brown Sugar? Um, that they would learn about him. I mean, frankly, I learn more about him all the time. I was mm-hmm. I was talking to Mike Rotunda a couple weeks ago about how he got his start in the wrestling business. He got his start when uh, the destroyer Dick Beyer took him over to Germany to train him and essentially abandoned him for two or three months and said, okay, you're with Otto Vons, figure it out. I'll see you at Christmas. And and Sweet Brown Sugar was one of the guys over there who was working essentially the the European carnival circuit mm. of, of Otto Vance. Um, when I was talking to Steve Kern, um, when Vince McMahon gave him what was essentially a fake NWA World Championship belt to take over there to drop to Tatsumi Fujinami. Um, afterward, they renamed it the International Championship. But if you look at it up close, it still to this day says World Champion right on it. Um, when he took him over there, the two other lightweights who were wrestling alongside Steve Kern and that were Dynamite Kid, a very thin Dynamite Kid, and and sweet brown sugar and sweet brown sugar was one of the first black masked wrestlers to uh to become fairly well known in any regional territory now as as far as as far as what people can take away from him um just that you didn't have to be this even even in the late 70s early 80s that not all Black wrestlers play the role of like the the hulking Haas type wrestler of of JYD or Butch Reed or later on Ron Simmons that you also had these very athletic babyface wrestlers who knew how to uh, work their way through a match and get over with the crowd. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, Ian, we 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 got to get into some other stuff. Uh, we I would love to sit and talk Bahamian pro wrestling with you for for another twenty thirty minutes. Um, but you also cover modern pro wrestling as well. I want people to make clear uh, our Claudio Classic Noli. You 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 that that piece went. I'm not too long ago. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But he also spoke with Tony Khan all this stuff. But in 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 thinking of the modern era, you know, we're we're, we're about to talk about what's happened with NXT and Roadblock. We're, we're also about to look at, uh, I guess, tonight's Dynamite is going to be the fallout from uh, Revolution this past weekend. Is there one thing from either of those shows that has your the most interest from you? Man, um, honestly, I haven't, I have not been paying attention for like the last <laughs> week or so. And honestly, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I have been... I've been finalizing Steve Kern's autobiography, and that should hopefully be done next week. Uh, I'll I'll tell you, and I'm not a I'm not the person who announces something 
a year in advance and gives updates. I will not tell you, you know, don't tell me about the labor, just show me the baby. Um, I should be able to show everybody the baby next week, um, forwards 400 plus page autobiography, um, covering Kern's career up to about 1987, uh, forwards by Stan Lane and CM Punk afterward by Natalia Neidhart. So I'm in the, I'm in the final stages of that. And once that's over with, I can get back to actually paying attention to other things going on <laughs> in my life. I love it. I love it. He, he, he's not been paying attention because he's been in the trenches. That's right. It's, man. it's, it's the I'm, best reason I've heard. <laughs> ever. I'm writing a thousand words of something every day. Somebody just needs to give me something to write about or I'll, I'll give it to myself. Like success, <laughs> success is not an accident. Success is scheduled. And if you, if you put yourself on the schedule to crank something out every day, eventually you're going to produce something of value. I got to write that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Ian, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, you you kind of talked a little bit about what you've got going on right there, but tell people what else uh, you know you have out there on in the world and on the wrestling internet and, and where they can find you and your incredible work. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Stream Glass, S-T-R-E-A-M-G-L-A-S-S, in addition to the Steve Kern autobiography, which is hopefully coming out next week. I am working on, I have have two other wrestler autobiography projects that are roughly half done. Um, I'm not naming names because I don't want people to pressure me and ask me questions about when they will be released, but hopefully... Hopefully, those will both be released sometime within the next year and a half. Nice. Love it. There it is. Ian, thank you again for coming on Wednesday Worldwide, and we absolutely need to have you back on the show again soon. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. All right. And before we get out of here, let's hit on last night's NXT Roadblock and tonight's upcoming Dynamite. Let's pick the, uh, the biggest thing. That stood out to us from NXT Roadblock. And then, uh, well, let's let's talk about one more in depth here. So, Brian, kick things off for us. What was your biggest NXT Roadblock takeaway? Man, thoughts and prayers out to Roxanne Perez. Uh, what a match with her and Miko Satomura. And story or no story, they got me hooked. You know, I know they said she was kept overnight. I even saw you know, prominent news stations pick up the article and pick up the piece. But yeah, that's, um, it was, the match lived up to the hype. You know, you, it was some yeah. parts, you know, you sit there and you want to see the teacher and the student, you know, and it lived up to the hype. But that post-match, man, it took me back to 1995 with uh, Shawn Michaels and Owen Hart. And I can remember as a child sitting there like <laughs> this. Yeah. This is before the Montreal Screwjob, so I was a Shawn Michaels fan <laughs> fan. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's what stood out. Hey. Cal, uh, what, what do you got? Uh, Gigi Dolan getting the win. I mean, I, I had a feeling once once she cut that promo, it was it, that's what was going to happen. And uh, but it feels like uh, there's a little there's a little bit more more left in, in 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 the tank on this one. So I'm I'm down to see where they got they take this one. Right. I, mine was. It's just really Carmelo Hayes yeah. finally, finally being involved in the NXT title picture. Like, 
I, I, look, man. I mean, the NXT champion was the sec- was in the second match of the night, mm-hmm. right? I and with matching gear. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's like when Sting was champion. I mean that that like like if if you imagine Sting and the Steiner brothers coming out and like Sting coming out in like uh, right. Michigan University colors or something like that. Yeah. What are we doing here? And it's it was also just I, I, everyone knows I've made my feelings about Braun Breaker's title run very very clear, but again I I literally just saw this clip uh on TikTok of when when Jericho was on Stone Cold's podcast, and mm-hmm. he was going, and he would one of the one of the WrestleManias where he was feuding with Kevin Owens it was supposed to be for the title. Uh, it got, plans got changed, and then they put him on second, and he was pissed. He and Stone Cold immediately knew why. He's like, "Oh, they put you on second. You why? Why are we putting the champion on second at what is supposed to be a featured NXT show?" Mm-hmm. Give the title to Carmelo Hayes. You might as well. <laughs> I don't. Right? I don't care if it's finger poke of doomed. Just, just put the title on the man so that we can restore the 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 importance of the NXT title. Uh, and and you know, sh- let Braun Breaker go to the main roster and and figure it out. But it's 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 Carmelo Hayes' time. I'm sorry. I, I kind of hijacked the conversation. It, no, no, I no, no, no. I, I think we need to go there because. I, so we just watched John Cena and Austin Theory mm-hmm. promo, right? And when I watched Carmelo Hayes, the thing I noticed he didn't do, he didn't, and he could have. Oh, he could have. He didn't just destroy Braun Breaker. He built them up. You know, if you remember watching Tough Enough back in the day, Hulk Hogan would always say, yeah, you build up your opponent so when you beat him, it makes sense. And that's right. what Carmelo right. Hayes did. He didn't pull an Adam Cole carrying cross, which carrying yeah. cross still hasn't recovered. So, I, I, I'm, I'm, I like to celebrate Carmelo Hayes in this and and agree with you. Um, let's see him get the title, stand and deliver. I was gonna say, I mean, normally they would call it takeover, but I mean, this is what stand and deliver right before stand and deliver. It's it's that weekend. I it, we we could be. I like I like that you bring it up because we could be weeks away from what you're talking about happening because if if there's there's no better time to crown a new champion NXT than that weekend and there's also no better time to take a Braun Breaker that 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 Monday after yeah sick him on somebody with some type of like renewed focus or something and see what happens mm-hmm. absolutely what if and when we see Carmel Hayes at Wale Mania Oof. I you you guys might have to restrain me from like going up to the guy and just <laughs> just trying to give him a hug and say please please save us with him last year. we had the same Jordan 12s on oh there we go. Okay. he's he a 12s guy I'll find some 12s uh, I'll find some 12s just so we have a, a point of conversation I'm, I'm, uh, so I'm so I gotta just I, I don't know if I'm wearing my 550s my 650s or some Bo Jacksons we'll see what happens we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll talk about it. we'll talk we'll sink offline about our, our Wale Mania fits uh, mm-hmm. looking at tonight's <laughs> AEW Dynamite from Sacramento. What's the one thing you're looking forward to most? Cal, why don't you kick us off? Uh, Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs only because that A, that's going to be a banger of a match and B, with what I saw Wardlow post on his Twitter when I woke up this morning, he may not be too happy when he gets into <laughs> that ring and needs somebody to lash out on. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Brian, what do you have? 
Is the champion going to be on there? Because I need to hear from him. I need to hear I, from MJF after everything that just transpired. Or is he suspended? Which I don't think. Oh, but because he threw the drink at the uh, the kid, the little kid. Mm-hmm. So I I have a friend who was actually sitting next to them. They okay. they had actually got moved down there, oh, so wow. they were sitting. Uh, I think a little up top. They got their seats got upgraded. So Ooh. I I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm is this a work? I don't know. I it could be, but also my friend did say. It was definitely tequila. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I heard that, that immediately. Yeah, that it was yeah. definitely because I mean, it was her drink. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why. Because immediately you saw when 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 he took it out her hand and splashed it, she was, <gasps> and I don't think yeah. that was shocked because of what he did specific. But it, I mean, how, well, how I mean, a that was my child, and I mean that kid, you know, but b like that's a whole drink, like you know, I mean, it, this is. I'll just say this: this is why. Uh, it, it's it's good to have some type of plant because I, I, unless this is a very good plant, <laughs> because it, I mean it, 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 it's it's the last. You, I don't want nobody getting hurt. Like when you're going to the wrestling show, you could you're supposed to be able to boo and, and cheer and all that stuff, and you're not supposed to you know like actually feel like trash. So uh, if if this is in fact real, which from the chatter I'm seeing online, it seems like it is, uh, that sucks. That mm-hmm. sucks. I mean, well, first of all, shout out to that kid because he did get taken backstage. You got to meet everybody. He met he Hobbs, lot- yeah. He met Hobbs, you know, hometown mm-hmm. hero. Hopefully future uh, TNT champ, uh, you know, win it in the Bay Area, or sorry, in Northern California while he's still around. Word. But man, have have either of you gotten a drink thrown in your face, like an oh alcoholic God. drink? I, I have not. I've spilled stuff on myself when I'm taking a sip, and it does burn. Uh, you so, know, yeah, I've spilled a drink on myself, and that's when it was time to put the drink down. But you know, yeah, that, that, that's that's re- if you're a little kid, he don't know nothing about that. That's real, like sh- it's shock, and then it's ow, and then it's why. You know what I'm saying? It's it's mm-hmm. it, there's a lot going on right there. That kid will be done with tequila for the rest of his life because <laughs> even when he's of age, he's just gonna have flashbacks to this moment where he MJF, became. No, yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> exactly. that's some real. That's real. That'll keep you away from all the booze. He's, but, he's in the history at AEW. Facts, big facts, big facts. Oh, hope, man. hope that kid's doing well for real. Hope he's doing well. Honestly, though, might have been worth it. <laughs> like, if that was the price to pay to get backstage at twelve years old. I would have paid that price over and over again. Like, throw all the drinks in my face if I get to go man. backstage. That's so, but good. shout out to that kid, man. He 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 took it like a champ and uh, was uh he he became you know like you said infamous and, and part of AEW history. Thanks. So, got guys, that's how you freaking do Wednesday, man. It's uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. what a what a show. Uh, be sure to check out our other. Ringer Wrestling Show offerings as we are coming to you every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got Cheap Heat on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Greg, Dip, and you'll find Wednesday Worldwide smack dab in the middle on, you guessed it, Wednesdays. If you're not already, be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Cal, Ryan, tell the people where they can find you on the socials and anything else you got going on. I'm at Cal on Twitter. 
at CalDub on Instagram. That's it. You can find me at Brian H. Waters on all social media platforms. And just stay tuned. See what's coming. Ooh, big tease. And, and follow the Ring of Wrestling show while you're at it. And if you're so inclined, you can follow me at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Gentlemen, thanks as always for the Graps chat. Everyone else, we will catch you next week. Worldwide. <laughs>